Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, back in Lord's Day 32, we explored the following question. If we as Christians have been saved from our sin and misery uh, by grace alone, through faith, without any merit of our own, why must we yet do good works? And there we confess that one of the reasons we must yet do good works is so that we may be assured of our faith by its fruits. Those who believe in Jesus Christ are alive in Christ, and so they will begin to to bear good fruit to the praise of God. One area this is so clearly true is the matter of our speech, how we talk, what kind of words we use. What we say, the words we use, reveal a lot about the state of our hearts. After all, the Lord Jesus himself says, out of the the overflow of the heart, our mouths speak. And if we have been born again by the Spirit of God, it means we've been given a new heart, and a new heart will display itself in a new speech, a new way of talking. And as God's beloved children, we will learn to speak in the way our Father wants us to speak. In fact, we will begin to speak in the way that that He speaks. And one thing this includes is speaking the truth with our mouths. We hope to see this afternoon that there is a contrast in Scripture uh, between the devil and God In this regard, the devil is the father of lies. But God, on the other hand, is the God of truth. And as children of God, we will come to speak and love the truth more and more. And that brings us to the sermon theme. Because the devil is the father of lies, God commands his own children to speak the truth. And we have two points. I know it's not in your liturgy, but we have two points. We'll see that God wants us to, first of all, avoid lying as the work of the devil. And secondly, to speak the truth as the children of God. So, God wants us to avoid lying as the work of the devil, first of all. So, telling a lie can be an easy thing to do. In fact, we may at times find it very convenient. Someone asks you a question you would rather not answer, so instead of telling the truth, you speak what is false. Don't want to be confronted with a sin you've committed? It's tempting to lie, to cover it up. Want to avoid an unpleasant conversation with someone? In that moment, a lie can be a a handy thing. That's what we might find. A family member picks up the phone and a telemarketer wants to talk to you? Get the family member to tell the person you're not at home, even though you are. Our minds can be incredibly nimble at uh, creating falsehood and lies. But think about it. When telling a lie in a conversation, a person needs to construct a false reality uh, in a moment, in a very moment. And we can do that. A lie can pop into our minds in an instant, and if we're not on our guard, our lips easily uh, follow through with speaking the lie that our heart has conceived. It can be easy. And there's something about lying that can make us think it's really no big deal. 
But what harm does it do if I speak a little lie, we might tell ourselves? Or, you know, no one will be hurt if I tell a little fib, will they? Right? We might reason that way. But the Lord teaches us in his word to, to step back and take a bigger picture of lies and speaking the truth. He wants us to see the spiritual nature of lying. And look at what the Lord Jesus says to the Jews in John 8, which we read. He says, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan is the father of lies. And what, what a terrible description. What a thing to be known for. You know, think of a, a human father. A child is conceived through an act of a, of a father. When his child is born, the father rejoices in his child. This is my child. And often children, they grow up, they show similarities to their father, maybe in appearance, maybe in personality. As the old saying goes, uh, he's a chip off the old block. But think now of the devil. It says he's the father of lies. They find their origin in him. He conceives them. He delights in them. And lies displays uh, Satan's very character. Indeed, the Lord Jesus says here, when he lies, he speaks consistently with his own character, out of his own character. And some translations have described it like this. When Satan lies, he speaks his native language. And what a, what a good description that is. You know, a person's native language is the language they learn to speak from an early age. And you don't even need to think when you speak your native language. It, it just comes so naturally. It's a completely different story, however, when you need to speak a foreign language. You really need to think about what you're going to say, and it takes effort. It can be a struggle. Well, that's how it is with the devil and the truth. It's far easier for him to lie. The truth is a foreign language to him. It's natural for him to lie. It's the way he desires to speak. He really only speaks the truth when it's convenient to him. But think of how the Bible gives us example of the devil's lying. It starts right in the Garden of Eden. Satan twisted God's word. He questioned it. Then he outright denied it and, and lied. And the devil used uh, lies to lead us in rebellion against God and to bring destruction. He tried the same strategy when he was tempting the Lord Jesus in the wilderness. He twisted God's word, misapplied the scriptures, and outright lied to cause Jesus to fall. 
Thankfully, the Lord withstood the temptation. But this is Satan's aim with lying. He uses lies for his own gain. He wants to cause further rebellion against God. He speaks lies to murder and to destroy. As Christ says here, the devil was a murderer from the beginning. Think of the Garden of Eden and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And so seeing that, seeing how lying is so connected with the devil, can you see why it's so important to cut out lying from your life? To cut it out. See, when you speak lies in your own life, you are aligning yourself with the devil and, and his cause. He's the father of lies. As Jesus told the Jews, you're, you're doing the works your father did, the, the work of the devil. Lying is a work of the devil. If we speak lies, we are acting as children of him. You know, the Jews in John 8 claim to be children of God, but the Lord Jesus said, no. We cannot claim to be the children of God if we speak like Satan does, fill our language with lies. We also want to cut out lying because of the destruction it brings, and it does bring destruction. You know, we might be tempted to think that, well, lying, it's no big deal, but it is. You see, even if you tell what's so-called white lies or little fibs, you are training yourself to speak what is false. And the more you do this, the easier it will be to get accustomed to lying more and more. Lying is often used to, to cover up sin. And then faced with the reality of your own sin, it becomes all too easy uh, to, to speak a lie in order to get away with what you've done. This is not the only thing. Lying also breaks down trust between people. You know, relationships cannot flourish when people are speaking lies to each other. It simply can't. If you're unsure if someone is telling you the truth, how can you fully trust that person? You can't. And this then only leads to a damaged relationship. In John 8, the Lord Jesus adds one more reason to cut out lying from our lives. He told the Jews, Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. And then a few verses later, he says, Because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason you do not hear them is that you are not of God. You know, if, if our pattern of speaking is filled with lies, how are we going to recognize and accept the truth? Those who align themselves with the, the work of the devil in this way will not be able to fully understand the truth about God and about His Son, Jesus Christ. They will cloud our mind. That brings us to our second point. God wants us to speak the truth as his children. Now, God and Satan are as light and darkness. 
Their characters are completely opposite. When Satan lies, he speaks out of his own character. However, when God speaks the truth, he speaks according to his character. Titus 1 verse 2 plainly states, God never lies. Hebrews 6 is even stronger when it affirms it is impossible for God to lie. That's why the Lord Jesus confesses in John 17 as he prays to the Father, your word is truth. Now, because he is God's eternal son, the same things can be equally applied to our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a theme throughout the Gospel of John. He came to make the Father known. Uh, Take, for example, John 1, verse 18, the introduction to this book. No one has ever seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side, that is the Son, He has made Him known. Then in John 5, the Lord Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does. This is why Christ told Philip in John 14, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And this means that Jesus likewise speaks the truth, as God the Father always speaks the truth. This is why Christ could state about himself in John 7, the one who seeks the glory of him who sent me is true. And in him there is nothing false, referring to himself. This is why Christ told his disciples in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus Christ embodied the truth. He lived according to the truth always, and he always spoke the truth. And so Christ told Pilate in John 18, For this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. The good news is that this makes our Lord Jesus entirely trustworthy. When Christ says to you and to me, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, You can trust those words completely. Remember what I said about lying in point one? Lying breaks down relationships. Relationship cannot flourish when you're unsure of the other person is telling the truth. Christ is the one who bears witness to the truth. He speaks the truth. And no one comes to God the Father except through Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And through him, we may indeed come to the Father, come before the Father. We don't need to doubt. He is the way to God. And we can apply the same principle to all all of Jesus' words about salvation. For example, in John 5, verse 24, Christ declared, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. Right? This is what gives us stability in, in our faith and certainty in our faith. Jesus Christ speaks the truth. 
And so we can know that through faith in Christ, we have crossed from death to life. And this has two implications. First, we have passed from eternal punishment to eternal life in Jesus Christ. In ourselves, we would be punished forever for our sins, also for the sin of lying. But in Christ, our punishment has been taken care of through the cross, passed from death to life. You can trust that because Christ himself said it. Number two, the second thing this means is that Christ has given us new life to serve God again. He's changed us from children of Satan who are enslaved to sin to children of God who are now controlled by righteousness. As Christ says here in John 8, If you remain in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free truth of the gospel has set us free from sin, also so that we might speak the truth and love it. We are children of God in Christ Jesus. As children of God, we will come more and more to speak as our Father speaks. Speak the truth. Speak according to what is true. God's Son, Jesus Christ, does what His Father does. He speaks the truth, and this will describe our lives more and more. So as children of God, the God of truth, let us commit ourselves in our hearts and our minds to speaking the truth. And it's true. There can be a cost to speaking the truth. And that's why lying can be so tempting. Right? Lying can be convenient, but speaking the truth can be costly. It might mean fessing up to sins you've committed. It might mean being ostracized and attacked for standing with the truth, even if it's unpopular. Just think of the Lord Jesus. He spoke the truth to the Jewish leaders, and how did they respond? Well, eventually they wanted to kill him. Speaking the truth was costly. But here's where the gospel helps us. In Christ Jesus, we have crossed from death to life. And so we have eternal life in Christ. Speaking the truth may be costly at times, but it's only costly for this life. You might only lose things in this life. But it's okay, because we have eternal life. In the long run, speaking lies... And embracing lies is far more costly. Speaking lies damages relationships, promotes more sin, clouds our understanding of the truth. But not only that, but speaking lies without repenting lands someone outside of the kingdom of heaven. In Revelation 22, verse 14, we hear this proclamation. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by its gates. But outside the city are the dogs, and sorcerers, and the sexually immoral, and murderers, and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. May that never describe us, people who love and practice falsehood. 
So if you catch yourself lying, beloved, simply repent. Turn from it. Turn to Jesus Christ. Wash, be washed in the blood of Christ from all of your sins. And then in that light, commit yourself to speaking the truth as Christ is the truth. It's important for us as children of God. Now, all throughout this sermon so far, I've spoken pretty strongly against lying. There's a good reason for that, given how Christ speaks in John 8 about the devil as a father of lives. But this might also raise some questions in our minds. Does all this mean Christians are never permitted to speak a lie? You can think of some difficult situations where we might feel almost forced uh, to lie, it, it feels. I think of situations some Christians faced in Europe during World War II, for example. In that time, Hitler was determined to exterminate all the Jews. And as a result, many people hid Jews in their homes to prevent the Nazis from sending them to the concentration camps where they would surely be killed. Well, what do you do when the Nazis come knocking on your door and ask you point blank, do you have Jews in your home? Is it okay to save or to lie in order to save their lives? If you don't, those Jews are very likely, almost almost 100% certain, going to be murdered. What do you do? Now, Christians have answered that question in different ways throughout history. Augustine, for example, argued that even in those situations, Christians are not permitted to lie. Jesus' strong words in John 8 seem to align with that position. Others, however, said, yes, it's okay to lie in those moments. This included some of the leaders in the Reformed churches in Europe during World War II, and they instructed their congregations uh, that way. Now, there are some events recorded in Scripture related to this matter. One of them is found in Joshua 2, when Rahab hid the Israelite spies and lied to the men of Jericho about it. Another one is found in our reading from Exodus 1. Pharaoh commanded the Hebrew midwives to kill the Israelite baby boys when they were born. Exodus 1 says the midwives feared the Lord, and so they they refused to do it. They did not obey Pharaoh's command. And when Pharaoh summoned the midwives, they lied to him to, to cover their actions. Now, we need to be clear that these texts don't say explicitly that what these women did is okay. However, they certainly do move in that direction. Uh, Rahab and the Hebrew midwives are never rebuked for uh, those specific lies. In fact, it seems quite the opposite from, from those passages. Rahab is commended in James 2 as someone who put faith into action by hiding the spies. In Exodus 1, the Lord even rewarded the midwives because they feared God. Now, those who say we still shouldn't lie, even in these situations, point out some important details. First, Exodus 1 states that the Hebrew midwives' fear of the Lord caused them to spare the baby boys regardless of Pharaoh's command. And it said this before they told the lie to Pharaoh, so this is not necessarily applied to their lying. 
The same can be said for comments about Rahab in James 2. She is commended for hiding the spies, but here uh, her lying is not necessarily included in that commendation. Now, in response to those arguments, I would like to say a couple of things. Exodus 1 says that God rewarded the midwives with their own families because they feared him. And this reward came to them after they lied to Pharaoh. And if their lying in this specific matter really was a work of the devil, it would be hard to continue to, to describe them as fearing the Lord even after they spoke this lie to Pharaoh. And with Rahab, it appears very much that her hiding the Israelite spies included her lying to the men of Jericho. After all, it was her lying that allowed her to continue to hide them. So what do we do in this? How do we move forward uh, with these questions? Well, in, in addition to all that I've said, I want to point out one important truth about Satan and lying. And Christ refers to this in our reading from John 8. There Jesus said to the Jews, You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. So notice how Christ connects the devil to both lying and murder. In fact, the reason Satan lies so much is so that he can kill and destroy. Think of this in connection with the fall into sin at the beginning of the world. The Lord Jesus says Satan was a murderer from the beginning. He's referring to the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve. Satan lied to Adam and Eve, and he did this in order to murder them, to kill them. He knew if they rebelled against God, they would surely die. And throughout Scripture, we can see this connection further. Jezebel produced false witnesses to lie about Naboth in order to have him murdered. The Jewish leaders gave false testimony about Jesus in order to have him put to death and murdered. There's a pattern here. Satan promotes lying in order to kill and destroy. Pretty much all lying has that same effect, that it leads to the destruction of life, and that's why we avoid it. But that being the case, when people like the Hebrew midwives lied to prevent the murder of the baby boys, and Rahab lied in order to prevent the murder of the Israelite spies, they are working completely at odds with the design and desire of the devil. And this holds true for those who lied about hiding Jews in their homes during World War II. Thus, I believe Scripture is teaching us that in these limited circumstances, Christians are permitted to lie in order to prevent the murder of innocent people. And who knows, maybe one day we will be facing a situation like that. You never know. But with that said, we must never take such things lightly. This does not give us the go-ahead to start speaking all kinds of lies. Scripture makes that quite clear. The exception does not become the rule. Instead, as children of our Heavenly Father, 
we aim always to speak the truth for God's glory and our neighbor's good. Amen.